Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's technology radio show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 124. Out and about on Radio Caroline. <coughs> Kelly's avoiding Pokemon Go. It's everywhere. Google post Brexit. What is the EU? Getting immersed in virtual reality. It turns out I was a rabbit as well. Plus, aerials and the TV license. First off, here's Pete with the latest tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. The tech news headlines, starting off with Galaxy Gate. If you've missed this story, this is about the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. This is a phablet, which is a cross between a phone and a tablet, and it has the habit of exploding. Several of these devices have caught fire, and one started smoking on a plane, causing an evacuation. Unsurprisingly, the Galaxy Note 7 has been recalled. In the US, customers are being provided with fireproof return envelopes to return their phones. Here in the UK, Parcelforce and Yodel have refused to accept them. The cause of the problem has yet to be identified, and the statement on the Samsung website advises owners to back up your data, switch off your device, and contact Samsung or the supplier immediately. Scary stuff. Next, mobile phone coverage has been making the news in recent months, with the story that visitors to the UK often get a better signal than those living in the UK. When people visit the UK, they roam to the strongest network, but in the UK we're tied to our own network and we can't roam to a stronger signal. A recent report shows that 17 million customers have poor mobile phone reception at home and the networks are moving too slowly to fill the coverage gaps. Pressure continues to mount for home roaming. Next, Alexa has hit the UK. Alexa, say hello. Hello. She's a virtual assistant who lives inside a speaker. Install the Amazon Echo or the smaller Echo Dot and when you speak, she can play music, turn on radio stations, check your Amazon orders and the weather forecast and control home automation. Think Siri and Cortana in every room of your house. Alexa even has a virtual cat. We've got one in our office and we're pretty impressed, although it's not perfect yet. Alexa, play Frequency Cast. I can't get the program Frequency Cast from TuneIn right now. And talking of virtual assistants, Google Assistant on Google's new smartphone, the Pixel, is getting rave reviews. With its smart reply, it can tailor responses and work out what you're asking in context. How are you finding your virtual assistant these days? Get in touch. Next, radio enthusiasts are up in arms about a recent Channel 5 show. Called Nightmare Neighbours Next Door, the show features a pensioner who was forced to remove his radio aerial after neighbours complained it was allegedly causing health problems, which is pretty far from the truth. For the full story, see the link on our show notes. News now of another social media network set to bite the dust. The six-second video service Vine, now owned by Twitter, is set to close. According to a statement, existing Vine video clips will survive after the service is closed. Also meeting an abrupt end, the Microsoft Band. 
Announced in 2014, this is Microsoft's wearable fitness tracker to rival devices like the Fitbit. It seems, however, that two years on, Microsoft is exiting that particular market. And finally, are you a fan of emojis? The colourful characters that punctuate your messages. No, me neither, and that's why I'll be avoiding the Emoji Movie. This is set for release in 2017 and features the voice of James Corden. Apparently, this animated movie from Sony will feature the secret lives of the characters that live inside your mobile phone. For the moment, goodbye from me, from Alexa, goodbye, from Cortana, cheerio, and from Siri. Okay, Pete, see you later. Thanks very much, Pete. For more tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. Well, well, well. After a little pause, we're back, aren't we, Kelly? I know. It feels like it's been forever, like we've had a little sabbatical. We had a long summer holiday. Not quite of our own making, but we did have a long summer holiday. And we're back and we've missed so much. We've had, what, five social networking platforms launched, five new iPads come out. Uh, We left Europe, we came back in again. Uh, A lot's changed, hasn't it? Yeah, it feels like it, especially when you put it like that. So, yes, we are back. Apologies to our uh, very patient listeners uh, for the slight delay. Uh, Mostly, it has to be said, due to our previous hosting company, who we were not very happy with, were we? No, not happy at all. So we had our server up, down, shaking all about, not working. Uh, We managed to uh, lose most of our ability to send out emails and newsletters, which wasn't terribly helpful. And uh, it's all due to the uh, former host we were with called Peer One. And in the end, you saw my social media feed, didn't you? I had to resort to some fairly drastic steps to get them to actually listen, didn't I? Oh, yes. You were trying a lot. I have to say, I'm surprised it didn't go viral, Pete. Well, I thought kittens and hashtags would make the difference. So what I was doing was uh, taking pictures of my kitten and putting them all over social media uh, with a Peer One hashtag on. I finally got their attention and it finally got sorted. And rather than sorting out our server and fixing our server, what did they say? Basically that we're not big enough and they don't care enough. Pretty much, that was about it. Yeah, we were too small for Pier 1, as our kitten says. Uh, so we've now moved providers, and we're now with UK Fast. And they're lovely. If he's listening, I want to say a big hello to Gary. Go on. Hi, Gary. He was lovely, all constantly on the phone to me, helping me get everything sorted. Uh, and uh, we all got it sorted, migrated over, and we're on a nice, new, shiny, fast server. And we don't have to take pictures of cats anymore. It's all good. Yeah, very, very happy. There you go. So well done to UK Fast and not so well done to... Pier 1. Anyway, let's move on. Of course, one of the huge things that has happened uh, during our summer break is Pokemon Go. We can't really not mention it, can we? I wish we didn't have to. It actually makes me so sad that we have to talk about this. But it's everywhere. Do you know what? For once, I'm actually in agreement with you here. You kind of think I'd be, yay, it's all great and internet and and tech, but uh, no... I must admit, I have actually installed it and I have actually played it, but no, not for me and clearly not for you. Well, no, but you liked Ingress. Ah, I bet you don't know this. Do you know who makes Pokemon Go? No. Same people as Ingress. Well, then basically it's the same thing. You can't like one and dislike the other. Now, let's get this fair. Pokemon is all about catching little cartoony characters in real life. 
Ingress is a bit more of an adult kind of game. It's two teams pitting themselves against each other. It's strategy. It's a it's a bit more complicated. It's not. It's walking around to your next place and catching the thing before someone else does. It's exactly the same. I'll have you know, I was out ingressing over the weekend with four other people, strategically going around deploying things and capturing things and much better than just walking around looking for little characters. No, I don't accept this. Mind you, though, did you hear that they may be releasing a Harry Potter version of Pokemon Go? Do you know that doesn't surprise me? I'll equally not be playing that either. These are the rumours, and I'm wondering if you have to go along and shout a spell at the same time and use your phone as a wand. We'll we'll see what happens. I have to say, though, what I thought was brilliant, I was having a flick through one of the uh, the news feeds this morning, and I saw that nearly 300 incidents have been logged by the UK police. Fights breaking out, uh, people luring children to remote locations, trespassing on railway lines to catch these little critters, dangerous driving... And theft, of course, because if you put one of these up and tell people that there's an expensive little character there, people turn up with their 500 quid phones and people nick them. Fabulous. That just sounds great. And Do you know what? I would like to see how many divorces are already being submitted as a result of Pokemon Go. The only thing I can say is looking at the numbers, things are not looking quite as rosy as we all thought. Now, when it first came out, I don't know about you, but everywhere I went, Street corners, tube stations, you name it. Swarms of people on the phones doing the magic backwards-forwards walk, yeah? Yep. Gone very quiet now, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's quieter. And this little graph shows it. I found this little graph here from Apptopia that shows at its peak towards the middle of July, 45 million people playing. But uh, towards the end of August, that has dropped to below 30. So that's quite a large chunk of... Uh, People getting a bit bored and giving up. I'll tell you a very funny story. This will make you laugh. So a friend of mine, really big gamer, doesn't really go out too much. Are you just going to ignore me and play Pokemon Go while I'm telling you the story? Would I, would I do that? No, I'll carry on. i you a story. <laughs> you carry You're on. You're going to end up in divorce here. <laughs> you carry on. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to catch them all. Carry on. So my, my friend finally starts going out now, playing Pokemon Go. And he's not really been out and exercised much. And he's been walking for miles and miles. Came down with heat stroke, bedridden for weeks. All because he was trying to catch that elusive pokey thingy. It's so bad. It is so bad. Like, I appreciate it. it gets people out of the house. But this is bad. I even know people that don't even walk to get them. They drive to the nearest ones. Uh, yeah, that would be me. Oh, that is so. That is awful. <laughs> okay, so there's a big thumbs down from Kelly for uh, for Pokey Stoppy Pokemony thing. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a go if the Harry Potter one comes out, but the Pokemon one, no. All right. So you're not so keen on Pokemon Go, but uh, how do you feel about virtual reality? I know we've talked about this before, and I know we've been to trade shows and we've tried the Oculus Rift and and all that. But it's getting surprisingly clever and surprisingly cheap these days. Before we do the next little bit, what are your thoughts on the 3D headset-y kind of things? Mixed feelings about it, actually. I do like the idea, but I am one of this 30% of people that get really nauseous from the majority of things. Right, I'm going to try and see if I can convince you that VR could be the future. Okay. Right, we're going to talk about Google Cardboard. 
Now, we vaguely mentioned this when we were at the um, Augmented Reality Show, and they were launching a uh, social network called VTime. Do you remember? I remember this. this. This I could manage just about. Now, this was pretty good. It's still not out for the iPhone yet, so I can't actually give it a proper test. But that was quite nice. We were sitting on icebergs talking to each other and around a campfire and things. Yeah, as long as it wasn't the one in space where I had to try and look down, I was okay. I could deal with this one. We're building this community and yeah, the, the difference between sociable and social is important to us because we are sociable. We are about talking and chatting and sharing in real time, not in the way that social networks are brilliant, but they're uh, horrible word again, asynchronous. You know, you go on, you do something two hours later, somebody goes on, does something, and so on and so on. That doesn't work so well in virtual reality, and there's no point in just taking an existing paradigm like a, a social network and just sort of plonking it into virtual reality. You don't gain anything from the technology. What we've tried to do is create a, a sociable network that, that makes the most of the technology. So the whole concept is this thing called Google Cardboard, which is... Uh, the name not only of the little thing that you stick on your head, but also the, the platform. And it was developed by two chaps from Google. Now, Google gets 20% off in their working week to play around with stuff. And this was something they came up with in their spare time. Nice. And what they did was they made a little cardboard headset with two little lenses on it uh, and gave them out at a developers conference in 2014. It's very clever. There's a software platform that you can develop these things on. And there's a new one that's just coming out called Daydream, which is uh, new and enhanced. But it's a very cheap way of getting into proper 360 look up, look down uh, stuff. And I'm going to try out two little things with you just to show you how clever it's getting. Are you ready? No. OK, so what I've just done is put my iPhone 6S into a set of virtual reality goggles. Now, they're not made out of cardboard. These are plastic ones that you can buy off the internet, about 15 quid. And I'll uh, put the link up on the show notes. Uh, so I've got these uh, positioned uh, on Kelly's head. Now, Kelly, hopefully I've loaded up your street. If you turn your head, you should be able to see your house. Yeah, I could. It was really lovely. So am I persuading you that actually you can do useful things with 3D without feeling nauseous? Well, I think that, like with this in particular, it's the fact that I'm not moving. It's the moving that makes me feel unwell. Right. Let me see if this convinces you. There's a 3D cartoon I'm going to show you. Are you ready? Okay. Have you ever seen War of the Worlds? No. Have you ever heard War of the Worlds? Yes. No one would have believed in the early years of the 20th century that human affairs were being watched. Yes. Here's the cartoon version. You ready? Okay. What's happening, Kelly? Well, I've got two aliens kind of potentially... Well, they look well, they look a bit grumpy at the minute, but... You know what? These aliens are a little bit like minions. Oh, is the rabbit saving us? I don't think the aliens care anymore. It's just me and my fluffy mate. One day, the meek shall oh. inherit the earth. Until that day arrives, the meek will be defending. So there you go. What did you think of your first VR cartoon? That was cute. I mean, it was a bit of hard work, constantly having to turn around rather than just watching it in one place. But it was really adorable. Do you know, I did wish I had a camera. You were sitting there going, way up, down, left, right. So what were you seeing? Well, there was a little rabbit. It turns out I was a rabbit as well. And, um, and these aliens came down and I guess they were going to start picking a bit of a fight. But the rabbit showed them what's what. And so they just cleared off. So could the future of cartoons 
be something along those lines? Potentially, for older children. You couldn't get something like that working on a young child and getting them to wear a headset continuously. I just think there's some real potential there. It's the first time I've actually seen VR. Okay, you've got the roller coasters and the space stations and everything else, but if there was a little series, you know, once a month you get a new episode, or even an issue of Frequency Cast where, you know, we're dancing around, I think there's mileage. The future of podcasting as well as cartoons, maybe. Yeah, you think so? That means you'd have to have a face for 3D. I'll borrow yours. Oh, brilliant. You little fluffy rabbit, you. Aw, oh, cheers. Hi, this is Dave Prowse, Darth Vader from Star Wars, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Right, now you know you complain when I go and do really fun things and miss you out. Yes, I complain a lot about those. You're going to love me. Guess where I was. I'm really hoping you're going to say it was something really boring. Uh, I don't know. Um, if I were to mention a rather large red lady that floats about and has got a heritage back in the 60s. Would that mean anything? No. Oh, I might get away with that thump then. That's good. Um, if I were to mention the Ross Revenge, would that mean anything to you? No, this is definitely your era rather than mine. I think you're right. In that case, I've probably got away with it. Uh, I was on a large red boat that was originally home to Radio Caroline. Ah, I know what you're chatting about. It was very nice. Radio Caroline, a classic pirate radio vessel from the uh, from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to go out and spend some time on the boat, talking to some of the uh, uh, the original uh, crew and some amateur radio people that were out there. And uh, it was absolutely lovely. Uh, but you didn't come with me. I thought I'd get in trouble for that one. Well, you are in trouble because that's actually something I knew about. When you said a red lady, I was a bit confused, but... If you just said a red bow, I would have got it a lot quicker. It was fun, and one of our listeners was one of the people organising the event, Keith. Say hello, Keith, if you like. Hello, Keith. We're on board the MV Ross Revenge in the Blackwater Estuary off of West Mersey. And for those that don't know, the Ross Revenge has a bit of history. What uh, is the ship well known for? It's the home of Radio Caroline. Of course, that great 60s, 70s and 80s radio station, the the rusty ship floating around, uh, breaking all the rules. Yes. So what are you doing out here today? Um, We're running a special event station, amateur radio station, uh, to celebrate five decades of offshore radio broadcasting. Excellent. Of course, we are in uh, uh, the fifth decade since the station launched. Now, you've got lots of aerials strung up, and uh, you're actually transmitting slightly further than the original Radio Caroline was able to uh, achieve. Yeah, the original Caroline would have broadcast um, all over the UK and into Europe. We're talking to people around the world, literally, and that's the correct use of the word, literally, around the world. So how far have we got so far? Australia. You can't get much further than that, can you? No, nope, definitely not. Excellent. And what's it been like being out here? Have you actually been sleeping out here on the boat for the uh, the time out here? Yeah, we're sleeping in the cabins down below. Um, I didn't get a huge amount of sleep last night. It wasn't because the boat was rocking or anything like that. It's just an unusual environment. Um, very hot. We didn't get to bed till late. And it's just a boat in the sea. And it's unusual. 
What a lovely place to be, though. Do you know who's going to be very jealous that we're uh, we're here enjoying ourselves, sunning ourselves with a beer on the deck? I've got a feeling Kelly might be a bit annoyed. Go on, say hello to her. Morning, Kelly. <laughs> Poor Kelly, she'll be so cross. We always get to the best locations, and she's always busy. So she's missing out here, isn't she? Oh, yeah, she yeah, She would absolutely love it out here. Kelly, from both of us, one, two, three. Sorry. I don't think you sounded sorry. You sounded like, yeah, let's go and open another beer. That is what that sounded like. It did not sound like a sorry. Uh, you wouldn't have liked it, sitting around drinking on a, on a boat, bobbing around in the gorgeous sun. You'd have, you'd have hated it. No, yeah. Sounds like my worst nightmare. Next time? Yeah, well, we keep saying this, Pete, and every time I get another one of these apologies. Sorry. No. You could do the rest of the show on your own. Right, hopefully 10 minutes has elapsed and Kelly's now forgiven me. Uh, I'm going to cheer her up now because I found Digital Loft's list of the 20 most bizarre questions asked by Google each month. There you go, Kelly. Have a flick through those. Have a read through. See if any get you. These are genuine questions that people ask Google and the number of millions of people that ask each month. Some of these are... Do penguins have knees? 18,000 people a month ask that one. Is the tooth fairy real? 8,000 a month. Does my bum look faulty? 8,000 a month. This is ridiculous. Do worms have eyes? Can I marry my cousin? Why does my boss hate me? Who looks these things up? Is the world flat? The one that got me was after Brexit. Do you uh, see any of the, uh, the media stuff about that? No. It's frankly hard not to think that some Britons may not have fully thought this through, especially when you look at some of the top search terms concerning the EU the next day. Some of the most Googled questions in the UK since the polls closed last night. What does it mean to leave the EU and what is the EU? Okay, that is clearly not good. Right, I'm going to show you something cutting edge that you will never have seen before unless you're 12 years old. Okay. Hold your hand out. Unwrap. This is a ceremonial unwrapping of a piece of tech that a lot of kids are going to be getting their hands on soon. Can't even get into it. A micro bit. Yes, this is the new BBC micro bit. All secondary school kids are being issued with these. Little programmable computers. And aren't they nice? They are, but what about, what about our Raspberry Pis? To be fair, the Raspberry Pi Zero um, is a little bit cheaper and is got a lot more stuff going for it, but this is what kids will be starting to program. It's the new BBC Micro Bits. They're quite nice, they're quite small. Uh, give us a visual description. It looks a little bit like a tiny Raspberry Pi, basically. It's black and gold and it's got all your different connectors here. Well, the BBC Microbit is a pocket-sized, codable computer with motion detection, a built-in compass and Bluetooth technology. Very, very easy to program. You can program in lots of different languages, do all sorts of stuff with it. You can program in JavaScript, Block Editor, Touch Develop or Python and do all manner of clever things. And do you know what? If enough of our listeners challenge you, Kelly, we could be trying it out next month. Oh, fabulous. I love it when these things happen to me. Oh, and just before we go, a quick mention. Next year, so I don't miss out and get in trouble and say I haven't invited you, what are you up to in June? I don't know. It's June next year. Right, it's London Tech Week. Are you interested in IoT, 5G, connected cars or VR, AR? 
Well, obviously, this is why we work on this show, no? Excellent. So, uh, IoT? Huh? It's the Internet of Things. Have you heard that expression? No, that is ridiculous. It's an internet for computers as opposed to humans. It's a real thing. Houses with thermostats, uh, fridges, kettles. You've got an internet-enabled kettle, so that's an internet of things. Sometimes I think we just love to give extra things names. Well, there has to be a word for an internet of connected electronic devices. Does there? Apparently. Internet of things. Okay. We'll go and find out in June. Fabulous. Can't wait. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. It's interaction for show number 124. And first off, some big thank yous to those that have donated. As we mentioned at the start of the show, we do rely on donations, especially now we've had to move to a new host. Uh, We are paying a fair bit to be able to bring you this service. So uh, your donations appreciated. Who's donated very kindly in the last few weeks for us, Kelly? So we've had donations from David Brown, Dave Harrison, Jason Dando and John Brennan. A big thank you from both of us. Thank you. Yes, huge thank you. We've also had donations from Broadband Junction, from Peter Roberts, from Keith, G6NHU, from Jeff Gillam, and from my good mate from Little World, Tishy. Thank you very much and uh, much appreciated. And one of the donators, Jason, got in touch with some comments on something we said in our last show. He did. He said, regarding the question about HD recording in the last show, HDMI does carry audio as well as video. There are no physical audio wires, channels in the HDMI connector. Instead, the audio is encoded across the three colour channels, RGB. There is also an additional pair used for ARC, audio return channel. He's also sent us a link to a very good explanation of how HDMI cables work, which debunks a lot of the myths about the expensive HDMI cables with fancy names and glossy packaging. Take a look on our show notes for the link, and uh, thank you very much to Jason. Next, we had a question from Manish. He says, I had a TV aerial and booster installed a few years ago. It has been working perfectly well for several years. However, in the last few months, some TV sets are showing major interference pixelation. Why would this happen and how can I fix this, please? Okay, good question. If some of the TVs are okay and some of them aren't, that would suggest that the TV aerial on the roof itself is probably in good condition. Some of the things to check though, make sure the booster is still plugged in, switched on and working okay. Check the cabling to the TV sets is also okay. Look for loose plugs uh, into the back of the TV or into the back of any other equipment you've got. And also make sure the aerial cables aren't tangled up and twisted, maybe running next to mains cables. Also check for kinks in the cable where it's been bent or something, or maybe the cable's been chewed by the cat. All stuff to try. Oh, that's definitely happened in your house, hasn't it? It's not the first time. We also heard an amateur radio comment from Gary Wan. Yes, he says, I'm sure you're aware that Ofcom have upgraded their website and require users to re-register. As you will know, Ofcom require that amateur radio licences be revalidated every five years and the old site had a nice button that said revalidate. Very easy and simple. Confusingly, the new site doesn't have a revalidate option. Yes, now I've been following this story for a little while. Ofcom has recently rolled out a new website for managing both maritime and amateur radio licences. Now, you'll know this from your licence, Kelly. To keep your licence, every five years, you have to revalidate it. Do you remember that? Yes. 
Good, well done. And there is now no button to actually do this. The RSGB is in contact with Ofcom to try and sort this out. I'm sure something will get sorted, but it is a little bit of a pain at the moment. And as Gary says, licenses are free, and perhaps this is the downside of a no-cost license system. Yeah, sounds like it could be right. And on the subject of licenses, Peter Howav got in touch about TV licenses. Now, this is an interesting one. We've covered this before, the fact that if you watch some of these internet services, you may not need a TV licence. But that has all just changed. Uh, Kelly, read the official BBC statement for me, if you wouldn't mind. From the 1st of September 2016, you will need to be covered by a TV licence to download or watch BBC programmes on demand, including catch-up TV on BBC iPlayer. This applies to any device and provider you use. Don't forget you still need a TV licence to watch or record programmes on any channel as they are being shown on TV or live on an online TV service. So there you go, a little change there, one to be very careful of. So that's things like Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku, UView, the whole lot, now TV as well. Uh, you do risk prosecution and a possible £1,000 fine if you get it wrong. So uh, if you haven't got a TV licence and you don't think you need one, you better go and check and we'll put the link up on our website. One to be wary of. Yeah, definitely. Oh yes, and uh, a quick and finally, I'd also like to send hello to all the listeners of South End Hospital Radio who've just signed up to Frequency Cast. So our shows are now heard across the wards in South End. Hello. Hello. And if you know or you're involved with a community radio station or a hospital or a student radio station, our shows are available for free. You're welcome to them. Have a look on the uh, syndication page of our website. And uh, if you want our shows, they're all yours. They are indeed. Well, there we go. Thank you very much for sending in your comments and your questions. Please keep them coming in. If you do want to get in touch, several ways you can do it. You can leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133 4567. You can text us on 07882 043 521. It's the cost of a standard text. Or you can send us an email via the Contact Us button on our website. Catch you in the next show. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates, show downloads, and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.